Hello, everyone, and thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Anything Joe's. When we first went to record this episode, we researched online the first episode of the G.I. Joe cartoon and foolishly pulled up what is technically correct is, is still in the wrong order. We were looking for the first episode of the first season, but forgot that there were two five-part miniseries that technically aired before these that weren't considered a part of the regular run. So, instead of starting with the mass device like we should have, we actually started with the Pyramid of Darkness, which was the premiere of the regular series. So, I hope you'll forgive the many, many, many examples where we talk about this being the premiere of the G.I. Joe series, when in fact it's actually episode 11. Regardless of that fact, I think it's a pretty great episode, and I thanks so much for tuning in and watching it. With that in mind, let's get on with the show. Collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. It's a very special episode of Anything Joe's today, something we've been talking about for a while. I think now is finally the time. We're going Jaron is going to watch the very first episode of the G.I. Joe original animated series from the early eighties, which I'm sure many of us are familiar with. And you know, there's a bit of a culture shock compared to the learning process that we've looked at up to this time. We've primarily only studied the comic for the background information of the characters with, you know, a dash of looking at the file cards, the characters themselves, etc. So we haven't really done a lot of uh, looking at the cartoon because, again, things are so, everything is so different. Now, Jaron, if I remember correctly, I, it comes up all the time, so I know you haven't seen the animated movie. That's for another day altogether. Have you seen any episodes of the G.I. Joe animated series before? Uh, yes. Which ones I couldn't tell you because, uh, it was just kind of, it was on YouTube when they were doing those streamings, you know, mm -hmm. when they used to stream, I don't know, they might still do it where they streamed them all the time on Hasbro's YouTube and mm -hmm. I would just watch it. And so I've caught glimpses of some of them, but I've never like, it was when we were in the hospital having kids. That was when like, <laughs> that was my like time watching it. So I was not like crazy, super focused. Um, do you know if you've seen this one, the very first one? I think I've seen parts of it. Okay. So, uh, briefly, you know, the cartoon universe is is almost as, as radically different as it gets. From the beginning, as children, we were, you know, the existential struggle of comic book or cartoon universe. Which one was more for you? And I think depending on kind of like your age or maturity would depend on which one you leaned into. Although I liked them both for what they were. I think I started with the cartoon because I was very young when the G.I. Joe, everything kind of got started. And then as I grew up, I kind of grew into the comic and uh, it sort of changed my worldview on how everything worked. So the G.I. Joe cartoon doesn't work, is not based in reality at all. They, you know, <laughs> this is obviously a children's cartoon and you know, the comic book was written for, you know, wasn't written down to children. It was written at a, fairly you know mature level or but the cartoon was like yeah we're this is this is baby talk we do babies no there's like all the, all the guns shoot lasers all the characters are ridiculous there's no like there's no um weapon proficiency everybody can fly a sky striker like there's very little and there's not a lot of reality grounded going on not just like 
there's supernatural elements of it, like, you know, weird mysticism. Um, but almost all the rules of, like, just natural science do not apply in the G.I. Joe cartoon. And that's fine. It's in, <laughs> again, it's intended for people that are that like to lean more into the science fiction fantasy elements of the universe. Um, or just don't want to take it so seriously. Not everything has to be, you know, super realistic military stuff. So what makes G.I. Joe so great is that there was something for everybody, even from the very beginning, you could kind of lean into what your preference was. So, we're going to watch the very first episode of G.I. Joe. You know, the original run of the cartoon was launched off of the success of the uh, comic book commercials. We've talked about this extensively, but they came up with the brilliant idea of advertising for the comic book via like a cartoon and basically a 30 se a little 30 second clip that was like why would you get your number one or find out what happens next those were so successful that it led to the pitch of the cartoon and the cartoon you know hit the airwaves and very quickly considering how many episodes they would put out in a season it's crazy to think that the first season the as we label it the first season of gi joe is like 65 episodes <laughs> like that's some ncis level <laughs> viewer viewability but yeah it aired monday through friday you know they would air a five-parter and you would watch it every new episodes day. yeah new episodes every day yeah i mean it went into like i don't know what they called i don't know if it was called syndication back then but they went into reruns immediately but yes yeah, so if new stuff was airing like you would look at the the database for it and it would show uh every single yeah, you know, every single day you would have an episode for a long time running of course it wasn't it wasn't like it is now if you missed an episode you didn't really know unless it was in the middle of a five-parter. So you would just wait for it to replay. So it was always kind of a, as a kid, you're always kind of juggling. You'd wake up Saturday morning and it'd be time to watch cartoons. You'd put them on. You'd go, oh, I've seen this one. You click over to CBS. You'd be like, oh, I haven't seen this one. Whatever. It was a whole thing. When I was a kid, watching Saturday morning cartoons was a big deal. I was like watching Ninja Turtles on this channel and I was taping something on this channel so I could go back and watch it later. <laughs> because again, if you missed it, that was it. You got to wait until it was replayed. So... I, yeah, I took it real seriously. I used to record that stuff and watch it religiously. I was big into it. G.I. Joe was not part of the, like, Saturday... My, not part of my Saturday morning cartoons. It aired on the USA Network for when I was a kid. Uh, they had a show called USA Cartoon Express, which was just, like, a block of cartoons of that era. And that's where I used to always see G.I. Joe. Used to always air after Jim, because I would get home from school, and I you could catch like the last 10 minutes of Jim, which I did not like at the time. I think Jim was great now. But as a kid, I was like, give me my military boys shooting up snake people. <laughs> Good memories. Anyway, um, so the success of the commercials is what launched the cartoon. And the cartoon was, as far as I know, a runaway hit also. It was a staple for most people as they were watching, you know, whatever they were watching after school. And this one is more like a, they, you know, they, they've, this has been rebranded and relabeled a couple of times. The first five episodes, of course, consist of one major block. We've talked about this many times, but the most famous G.I. Joe stories are inevitably the multi-parters. The five-parters were always the thing that you look forward to as a kid. And in the beginning of the series, you have two back-to-back five-parters. And as I understand it, it's because the first five-parter wasn't an actual, like, episode order. It was like a trial, like, do a little mini-series, see if it's successful, go from there. And it was, so they launched the series right after it. And that's why you have two back-to-back -back five parters. They usually would save it for, like, the season premiere or the movie gets broken up into a five-parter also later on. Um, so, yeah, this one is... A, so there's a little bit of a variation between this and later episodes, I think, because 
there's a little bit of a break between this first five episodes and the rest of the entire season as it airs. Also, they're trying to introduce a bunch of people all at once. So they, I mean, they honestly do a pretty good job for how much information they have to cram into it. So enough of that. Let's get started. A couple of rules. I don't know how strict YouTube's going to be on sharing this episode. I'd like to have it alongside us so you can watch it with us. But if they hit me for copyright, then I got no choice. I'll do the best I can to get the best of use of it out of on the channel that I can. If you're listening to this or the video, you know, is just simply a no-go, uh, the audio will be playing kind of in the background. You can match it up and we'll do a countdown before we start. We're watching this off of YouTube, so I'm, I'm optimistic that they're not going to hassle me too much about something that's already here for free. We're also using it for review purposes, but YouTube's crazy. The legal system makes no sense. Just do whatever you want. We're never going to get monetized. The senior <laughs> Patreon. So uh, anyway, all right. So if you're watching along with us, it's the Further Adventures of GI Joe, Season One, Episode One. Uh, and I'm going to count it down, and then we'll get started. All right. If you've got it pulled up on YouTube, I'm going to count it down. We'll all start it together. Um, uh, on zero, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This might be the most iconic Saturday morning cartoon theme of all time. Obviously, I'm biased, but um, this opening is... I got everything you would want in it. For a first episode, even, like, you see every, just about every character doing something. <laughs> Poor Destro. Throwing a lightweight. <laughs> just keep throwing them. Yeah, shipwreck the, the pilot. That's right. Yeah, don't yeah, don't get too stressed out about it. They can all do everything. I do, you know, there's a lot of great vehicles and stuff that are designed for this. That's the Super 7 ship we were talking about recently. That's that thing looks huge. Yes, it's supposed to be like about 50 times bigger than what they were designing. But I get that the scale makes it almost impossible. But the cartoon designed a lot of crazy stuff like that on their own. Uh, the Steel Kaiju... That got made that I was kind of known oh, yeah. for. Yeah, that's something that was you know derived from this fan a fan made thing based on you know the craziness, uh, the, the I mean the coolness of it. Honestly, they make Cobra a real fringe cult group with some of the stuff they design. The season one episode one is called "The Further Adventures of GI Joe." It's written by Ron Freeman, who wrote quite a few of these. It's they have a pretty reliable stable of people that they come back to for writing these. Although I don't feel like any one specific writer stands out. They, these all kind of work within the same rules of, of zaniness. There's some crazier plots than others, but uh, I feel like they all kind of still work in the same world. They uh, they should have given this episode the George Lucas treatment and went back and made that a, a defiant. <laughs> that huge base opening up, like they love hiding all their architecture in plain sight. Joe's and Cobra's both, really. They were just in the mountains, and then they were on, like, that perfectly open runway. Yep. Yeah, nothing now suspicious. What's this gigantic rock with a runway leading away from it? <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, they've just been acquired. <laughs> I give these, I like to rip these cartoons up a lot, and I think part of it's because I've just seen them so much. I mean, I've watched these some of these episodes maybe hundreds of times, the ones that I really rely on. 
So it's with it's with love that I I lampoon. His tanks not only fired on their own, but they're not even firing like okay, obviously no guns, but they you would have expected to fire lasers. <laughs> I like that they made a net to stop a rocket ship. Yeah, no chance that that rocket would just plunge those his tanks into orbit immediately. <laughs> it does make you wonder in the 80s if writers for these cartoons were just like, man, kids aren't going to know any better, which they're right. This, this cartoon probably did more damage to my logistical thinking than uh, any other... Any other influence? Oh my gosh! The Scuss Tracker! I was going to comment on how that his tank was unique because it had uh, two... Two seats? Gunner seats, yeah. Yeah, it looked bigger than the others. Thanks for telegraphing that. So, <laughs> I guess... I guess a lot of guys are, I mean, like, they never met Tomex's aim out before this, so it's supposed to be pretty early on in their, like, encounters. Yeah, just shoot that rocket. What were they going to yeah. do if, what, if there was no abduction attempt? Were they just going to go into orbit? Or were they going to jump out at the last second and be like, nice job, guys. Ah, uh, look at those beautiful planes. <laughs> so many sky strikers. Slugger, right? Is that what that one is? Uh, uh yes. <laughs> These not Sharks. inconspicuous rocks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the money that goes into the production budget on just like their base stuff is crazy. At least Cobra has the decency to just carve their stuff out of rock. These guys are spending like billion dollar military <laughs> budgets. Oh, they did it. That huge restraining <laughs> net. They, it was able to break free. I'm so pleased. Oh, it's a different hiss now. It's like a normal one. The hiss tank gets, goes under more redevelopments than anything I've ever seen. Hey, both in the comic and the cartoon, it's never... Wow, that hiss tank pulled a Yui big time. <laughs> God, I love this. So many great snake puns. Who is driving? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. <laughs> No one anymore. <laughs> That's uh, scrap it, iron? Yeah, it was scrap iron. Uh, <laughs> There's a bunch of great green shirts running around. Not the side of Cobra Commander that we see normally. The, the, and normally he would just, especially in the cartoon, would just give up. Here's another great cartoon invention what is that thing <laughs> these giant water robots Sushi, what were those? just uh, gone why didn't they why didn't the robots stop the the, the uh, right. it could have just, just grabbed it <laughs> they could have just smushed them all right then and there It's crazy that the cart. I mean, the cartoon started pretty quickly after the comic, but there's this whole roster of people that we haven't met in the cart in the comic book yet. We're already yeah. like, we're already using like another the set the next version of Snake Eyes in this. Shimmer, 
Polly doesn't parrot anything. Polly just like has got the knows everything. Knows has has heard every word. Has a full vocabulary. He's like uh, Meowth from Pokemon. He just, yes, he just talks. <laughs> and everybody understands him. It's not like some weird like Snake Eyes speaks the timber in some secret language or something. They just totally accept that. But with this one pet is basically a fully functioning speaking member. <laughs> He's got his own pension. I love that those, they couldn't get in the robots. They had to wear Scooby gear and sit on their shoulder. Like there's no room in there for them? <laughs> Sorry, it's awful. <laughs> now climb down. It's like the insides of them are made of water also. It's real cool. Yeah, we need some of those to go with the steel kaiju. Would have been nice if they could have thought of a cooler name other than Water Robots, but okay. <laughs> oh, is that their name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tattoos. There you go, Greg. That's why those they got to put them on. That's why they're on every classified figure. <laughs> Get a hold of your water slides and put them on your body. <laughs> oh, no, rock and roll fell off. Tattoos fell off. <laughs> <laughs> the voices in this show are so just perfect. Like, I can't, I couldn't imagine the people that voice in these characters be done by anybody else. In a very real way, they are 100% the voices of the character across the board. Like, no matter how I imagine them. Ah, there's our. Our rhyming roadblock. <laughs> There's just a, just another submarine. This is awesome. Handy. Like what a great, what a cool idea. Like he's picking up like a wreck and swinging it at him. Like, I love that. I also love that all the animals get to ride on the shark. They completely dangerous. Like if they blow up or explode, which seems to happen quite a bit, then your animal is on its own. Maybe Timber could get out, but Paul, I think Polly would be in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> they just add whatever. Hey. They're like... <laughs> the sharks can do everything. Yeah, they're just like... All right, they, they also have a camera on top. We, you guys didn't know, check the blueprints. <laughs> they've flown. They've submarined. They've dug a tunnel. I'll, dude, I'll take cartoon Cobra bases over co comic book Cobra bases anytime. Comic book Cobra bases are always like underneath car washes or like they're just secretly laundromats, you know, or stuff like that. <laughs> These guys, they're like, we, they, we built an entire Roman temple underwater. It's so wild. <laughs> I don't understand okay, how so the yeah. water robot works. It is just like water inside. Yeah, there's water inside, <laughs> right? But no room for Cobra them back out. It seems like you'd be doing them a favor. Those fly. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like their whole thing is they also fly. I like the wardrobe change for them all real quick. Tomex and Zaymoth's business outfits absolutely rules. You know, a cartoon original. Not something that we got. In the, I mean, we got a figure form of them in the later years. But uh, something that I wanted a lot as a kid. Tomax and Zaymok get really cemented as, like, businessmen pretty early on, and I think this outfit uh, favors them. 
Texas Extensive Enterprises. Tomex is Amot's home roost. Like these, this is just like classic design right here with the the Rattler and the Sky Striker. <laughs> just a yeah, whole building. You know, sometimes their model detail is just like flawless. And it's like everything looks great, and then other times it'll look like it's been. <laughs> I mean, like it's got to be difficult drawing this type of stuff. I know in the comic book universe, the artists talk all the time about how it's hard to get all the details right. So for this time, like I gotta give them credit. This some of this stuff is detailed extremely well. Little Arthur Burkhart. It's got. Get that man down, Pat. Let's get back to headquarters. My scheme was even more brilliant than usual. The attack on the space shuttle was merely a diversion to mask our true purpose. The secret planting of a special cargo. Replay the tape. <laughs> Where's the cobra that's recording that? <laughs> <laughs> Camera Viper, pretty good job, but you could focus a little more. <laughs> Whoa, they opened it. I like that the, no one noticed this. <laughs> Just. <laughs> and how will the unique and charming cargo inside the pod be activated, Cobra Why, by Zartan, of course. Zartan? But how will he get aboard the space shuttle? He is already aboard. Oh, snap. They're doing, sorry, I'm going to pause it right here. They're doing a great job of introducing a lot of people in a really small amount of time. And yeah. i got to give them credit. Like, it's, I think they expected you to have a little bit of awareness going into it. You've probably read the comics, seen the commercials, bought the figures. They're thinking, you're going to know at least some of these guys. The other thing I wanted to say uh, that I missed, I'm going to back it up just a little bit, is this part where they're opening, this part right here. This effect, which I'm sure they've used in many other cartoons of this era, is one of my all-time favorite graphical effects of the 80s. I don't know how they do it, and again, I bet they probably used it in Transformers also, but I haven't watched a lot of Transformers. But you see this effect in lots of episodes, and every time I see it, I'm always like, what an awesome like special effect to have in animation. Really, uh, it's just really exceptional. One of many musical cues that will be recycled over and over until you know it and think about it your whole life because it's been used in hundreds of episodes. They, it's crazy. They only, they don't have that many like musical cues they use in this show, and this is stuff that they use in Transformers also. But you, you really start to remember it after a while. Oh, wonder who that is. They show non-Joe character <laughs> right. in this who, thing. Who green shirt Nartaz is over here. <laughs> they they lean away from Zartan turning blue in the comic. In the beginning, it's kind of hinted at, but they the cartoon, they full on lean into it like that's his thing. He turns blue in the sunlight. Although, just then, when they're in the rocket, I'm not sure if that would have been applicable. Funny side note, my Zartan from being in the basement stays blue. Oh, it's really? It's cold enough down here. My that's, classified and, and regular that's pretty, one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The G.I. Joe cartoon is also has a motto of, don't matter what your specialty is, go on and get. Like, with Steelers <laughs> on the space shuttle, Breakers, uh, Breakers Communications Expert, I can let that fly. But 
It's just like they they it, there's no rhyme or reason to who gets Dusty is flying the spaceship. Dusty <laughs> is flying the spaceship. They're just like it doesn't matter. They can they all do everything. They're all great. That's why they're at the top of the class. They brought a dog into space. What the heck is this thing? Oh, they're cute. I mean, they're a little freaky. I don't know if I'd be touching it. They, they, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like Gremlins influence, I would think, is what it makes me think of. No. Well, they're definitely bad. The dog just barked at them. That's oh, yeah, for sure. That's, that's a dead giveaway. Same thing in Gremlins. That's the dog. Yeah. They know. You gotta trust fatal fluffies? All right. That's not what it says. Stop. <laughs> they're deadly secret and this says i'm sure you will enjoy their amazing split personality since if that's not sincerely yours is is there also misspelled that's all i mean there's a lot of wait till you see wait till you see these guys try to draw a map of the u.s it's <laughs> awesome it's like zoned out like a completely is this is this a dreadnoughts handiwork is that who, who wrote these i mean if it, it they topped up the top part of it but that's a pretty good no prize. Sincerely yours. I have to give you credit, yeah. I, that doesn't explain why Mutt would improv what this card says at the end. <laughs> I'm, from, a, from a rational perspective, I'm assuming that that is maybe a change in the script. Like, mm. maybe maybe what he said is what was supposed to be on the card, and they like I couldn't spell it or it was a translation thing or something. There's got to be a reason there's so many of these typos in the, in the show. And I can only assume it's some kind of international divide, like where they're animating and they they're animating it based on the look of the character, not actually what the word is. That's just a guess. I don't know what I'm saying. Gotcha. I like it. Wow, he's got his own business cards. <laughs> They've had you to take probably a... not trust him. <clears throat> yeah, right. That's the first instinct you should just shoot him dead. <laughs> oh, never mind. What the heck? <laughs> wow, I've got Krampus. Where did those guns shoot come lasers? From? <laughs> what the heck? Stop. Where did those guns come from? They pulled a gun. <laughs> they're, they're, got, breathing, like, they're breathing fire. Metal armor? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, sure, right? Hello, folks. It's me, Greg, the cartoon expert. <laughs> Let's not lean in too much to, oh, sure, that little guy can turn into that big guy, but he couldn't have had a gun hidden away somewhere i get it right we're well in the realm of fiction there's not enough no prizes in the world to save it but still pretty funny also like Please. i said they're on a spaceship and they're all like breathing fire and shooting lasers <laughs> please tell me these guys got like somebody made a toy of these somewhere now, even I, though it's not official i have seen a custom of the like baby fluffy but i yeah. have not I'm sure they are out there, but I'm not seeing any mass-produced product like this on the custom market. It's such a complicated gonna... build to make the bigger version for sure. I'm really fond yeah. of this guy right here. Can you see my mouse? Yeah. I'm yeah. really fond of this little guy right here. He looks sick compared to the others. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Gilmo, and I was invited. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, I just thought it was funny that they had stuff like tucked away they have <laughs> one two they only have four fingers um just so for on the other hand they have three 
<laughs> yeah, no thumb on that one. I guess I can't. You go down this rabbit hole, Jared, and we'll have to extend the whole show. <laughs> there's so many. There's a lot of flaws. <laughs> These things are dope. <laughs> this, Is this their only appearance, or do they come back? This They're a part of this miniseries, but just this miniseries. Okay. They would, shame. they would create a lot of stuff and then just that was just to be used at this one time. Vehicles and weapons and enemies. It's it they took Need a lot a... of they've took a, they've taken some like creative control on some of these early V one characters. Like Steeler mm-hmm. especially looks a lot different, like with the dark green and light green suit. Oh I mean, yeah. He's got a kind of a basic V one green shirt vibe, but it still looks Where'd they get those? <laughs> Where did they did get they those? Did they not inspire? Did they not inspect anything that came on their spaceship? Like, it's got Cobra logos all over it. We we hit them wherever the Fatal Fluffies hit those guys. You don't want to know. Man. Close your beak. Poor Polly's been holding his breath for ten seconds before they man. All of the interior design of Cobra, and this is a lot, this is true for most 80s stuff. Any in, internal work in the Transformers, like the, like the Technodrome from Ninja Turtles, all has this wild panel Kirby style design. I love the interiors of all this stuff. It's just like huge walls of computers and technology. What is yeah. This place? They have their own subway system, like, it's rad. Cartoon Cobra does not mess around about logistics. No, they've got the budget. Like, they really build the big stuff. They're showy. That's what I like about it. They're showy. Yeah. Here's the Snakelings, which you might remember from the Super 7 figures that just released. They're also exclusive to this, basically, this miniseries. Kind of a weird in-between. Not officers. Not boppers. I guess they're just... I they're, think they're, they're like... They're clerical staff? Yeah, I think they're supposed to be duty workers. No one asks any questions about the guy with the full face mask. Yeah, it's weird that they're all unmasked too. You wouldn't... Normally you wouldn't be like, here's the face of the enemy. Or the dog and parrot. Or wolf and parrot. <laughs> yeah. There's the G.I. Joe headquarters as is, as the toy. Well, not, you know, not, our, not the normal pit that we're used to. Cover girl? Quick. Interest, it's interesting that Quick Kick is pictured there because Quick Kick hasn't joined the team yet. He'll join in a later episode. <laughs> there he is right there celebrating, but that's okay. We haven't met him yet. Oh no. Get him with Zartan. Great effect again. Wow. Hope you didn't buy that, kids, because it's this is like a Mandalorian all over again. <laughs> Hope you didn't just invest a lot of money in that because we just blew it up. Sorry, right, I'll be back like an episode. No continuity at all. This is the that's the packaging for the Super Seven uh SDC seven last year. That's what the box art looked like. That's a that's a cool cool design. Great temple. I love the big view screen. They've got like a little interactive hologram 
disc table there, right like that thing. Yeah, I love all this stuff. I would love to have this stuff as like playset stuff. Missed opportunity then, missed opportunity now. So here's the big plan. Stop. Jaren, I'm an idiot, and we all know it. Can you explain? <laughs> so, do you understand the con? Let me, sorry, let's back up. I forget that you haven't seen those 1,000 times, and I analyze it to death. Here's the concept. Dartan's up here in the satellite. Okay. You go, we're going to put four cubes around the globe, and then the satellite's going to activate them. It's going to plunge the world into darkness. Right? That's the plan. Sure. Okay. What What about these guys? What about, what's going on down here? <laughs> What happens? The southern hemisphere is just exempt, I guess. Just yeah, I mean, why not put another cube down at the bottom, or are we yeah. just going to be like, hey, I don't. Again, I'm an idiot. I don't know how the world rotates, but I, there's a. You'd be like, well, there's a month where you you will in fact have power, cur thank, courtesy of Cobra, <laughs> <laughs> and then you rotate into the void, and you're I don't know. This doesn't seem. This like was. Big. This was. This is before they established daylight savings time. There's uh, a, this is just an early attempt at it. They're like, well, we're trying to save sunlight. They're like, nobody lives down there. Don't sweat it. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> what? what is the world here? Like, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what. what is this? I have, <laughs> Am I I have no like, idea. <laughs> I mean, like, just there's a very loose interpretation, but it's like, it's. There's no static way that the globe is drawn. It, it exists in a world where uh, things have changed. Something has happened in the world. Cobra has separated <laughs> continents in a different way, and here they are. All right, anyway. I'm so confused. Okay. Alright, so no electricity. Interesting. So you just gotta get south of that border. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Right. Just, I mean, like, you can't move because I assume that the satellite doesn't move with you. Maybe it does. I don't, again, I don't know. Somebody smart in the comments section explain it to me like I'm five. We're going to bite them until they run out of teeth to bite us with, and then we're going <laughs> to... Here's the robot that also came in that Super 7 set, and the, the voice print. I love that robot. Hail Cobra Commander, the Great Snake rules forever. Intruders, intruders. Intruders must be exterminated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he does not mess around. Right? 
Sometimes this system misfires. It's pretty messy. <laughs> wow, that nope. on top of it. Look, Don't get is, a cold. This is the kind like, of if your system, voice is off. This sound is, This is the kind of security system that can only be activated once. So really make it count. <laughs> I don't know why. I love that animation of Destro rolling and firing. That was pretty cool. They give away so much in those. I don't remember it being like that. Um, they <laughs> Here's everything that happens. Yeah, it's like watching a movie trailer nowadays. They're like, if you can't make it, don't worry about it. Here's the highlight reel. <laughs> so, that's the first episode of G.I. Joe. The, the, the like starting miniseries, basically. Um... <laughs> Talk to me, Jaren. Like, give me some thoughts on how do you feel about this versus the comic? I mean, you, I know, like the ridiculous. So I have an inkling of how you're going to lean into it. But go ahead and give me your thoughts on it. I love it. Like, I think <laughs> it's it's so goofy. It's so dumb. It makes me question everything, and I love it for that reason. <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, you're right. They do a great job of like actually like fleshing out each like or trying to flesh out the characters and giving you, you know, even though they don't have specialties, at least showing something different about each of them. Um, and it is very evident that it is a kid's cartoon because that's a lot of bullets and a lot of vehicles and things being blown up and everybody's okay. They, <laughs> they, made, they made some interesting choices because they obviously had a lot of freedom when it came to this cartoon. They were able to make characters, robots, storylines, yeah. buildings, vehicles. I mean, like they really just did whatever they wanted. And that's kind of rare in a world where you not only had a toy property that you were trying to align with, but a very successful comic book that was the, the skyrocketing as well. To have all three things kind of work independently of their own is still, again, part of what I think made Jedi so special as a kid, is it was giving you many different options to pursue your how you wanted to play based on what your preference was. And I would argue to this day that it's part of the reason that it had such a strong staying power for so long. The five-part cartoon series was very influential on me as a young man. I would find myself often, uh, I would play in the same schematic that they laid out for me in the cartoon. I'd be like, oh, here's a thing, um, a satellite is broken into five parts and it's scattered across different parts of the globe. Make five different teams and go get them. And then I would play Monday through Friday. I would It would be all focused on one part every day. And then on the fifth day on Friday, that would be like cleanup day before the weekend was here and I'd have to put all my stuff up. That would be like the big wrap-up where everybody came together and all the parts were assembled and whatever. And Because you'd see that time and time again in this. When they make Serpentor, they got to like go to, everybody's got to go get a piece of DNA. And here they're planting a cube in different places every time. So it was a great way to be like, here's a plot that involves a lot of Joes, a lot of Cobras. And it also requires you to build different teams. You can utilize, you can be like snow, desert, you can like put in a different environments. It was very impactful on how I played with Joe's as a kid. Still kind of is, because it's just like this perfect, like, Mad Libs format. Such and such has gotten destroyed. Here's so many pieces of it. 
go get it. Like it doesn't, you don't have to overthink it, and it's fun. Fuck that. Um, so yeah, cl- closing thoughts. Anything that you didn't expect, anything that you liked, anything you didn't like, anything that you are hopeful for in the coming episode. Well, obviously, I need to see Tripwire eventually. I'm going to need him uh, to show up. Uh, but no, like, it's wild because, like, I, you know, I starting as a classified collector, not really knowing the rest of it, it, I didn't realize how out there the cartoon really got. I mean, those Fatal Furies are, they're, they're out there. Like, I was, I was like, oh, can I work these toys into my, you know, into my Joe universe? Now I'm like, dude, everything. <laughs> Alien vs. Predator, it's in there. My little plunderlings. Those guys are in there. Like everything exists in the Joe universe now. Like if we can have little little knockoff gremlins that transform and find lasers at the sound of a whistle, we could do whatever we want. So uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's I like that they kind of broaden the you know the amount of Joes. It's not just like here's two people and that's it. You know, kind of it allows you to kind of find the character that you like the most and and you can really what whichever one resonates with you so i think that's pretty cool i think the cartoon will probably stick with you more than the comic book will as important as the comic book is like to learn i think a lot about the deep backstory of the characters the cartoon is just like hawaiian punch just like light level fun you just you're in and you're out a bunch of zaniness happens i know that's kind of how you I'm starting. Yeah. I've learned enough about your behaviors and habits that I know that's kind of the kind of thing you like. Yeah, so we'll, so for we'll, sure. We'll come back and watch more of these. I would love to get through this first miniseries kind of in rapid succession because they all connect and it's like a great uh, sampling of what the cartoon had to offer as a whole. Uh, and we would love to hear the feedback from you, listeners and watchers both. If you enjoy this and you'd like to see us lean more into it for a little bit, that's fine. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at anything Joe's Pod. You can send us an email at anythingjoespod at gmail.com or anythingjoespodcast at at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in two short weeks with another episode. I I have no idea what it is yet. We will figure it out. We've got a lot of stuff on the plate. (laughs) We're excited to continue. You know, we're starting to really live up to the name of the show at this point. Anything Joe's is, uh, we're we're sampling from a bunch of different goodie bags all at once. And I, I, I think that's very enjoyable. We'll try to stick to a schedule and get some stuff out uh, in succession so we can follow it all along consecutively. Thanks again for watching, and we look forward to talking to you again in just two short weeks, where anything's available for discussion here on Everything Goes.